here at week two of the Red Letter Challenge. Okay, and we have, um, we have started uh, this series last Sunday and, and just looking at, at uh, the theme of this series as we kick off our fall and kick off our small groups and, and all of our fall programming and all these different things, we are focusing on the words of Jesus. Okay, and again, the, the words of Jesus in some Bibles are written in red. Okay, now, not all Bibles are that way. If, if your Bible doesn't have red letters in it, it's okay. Uh, you know, the words are still the same, right? The stories are the same. Every, all the teachings that Jesus gives us are still there. They're just, it's just black like the rest of the Bible. Okay, the idea of the red letter edition Bible um, started um, in about 1900. Okay, when, again, the intention was like, hey, how can we show or, or um, exemplify what the words that Jesus spoke. Okay? And the intention of, of making those letters read was, was to, to show how central Christ is in, through the entire theme of Scripture. And so as we, again, if you have a red letter Bible, now it's a very popular thing. In fact, a lot of Bibles that you buy now um, from different publishers and different versions and stuff have red letters. Okay? And, and, but that, again, is the theme of our series is the red letter challenge. Okay, meaning we're going to be focusing on the words of Jesus through this series, but, but the, the challenge part of it is, are we going to live out the words of Jesus? Okay, as we saw last week, when we started last week, um, we just kind of intro and looked at all of that, but, but the challenge we saw last week was, are we going to go all in with our faith? Okay, just this idea that that it's, we are not going to be okay with being okay in our faith any longer, right? Because the truth is we can be okay in our faith. We can just, we can show up to church on a Sunday, we can check off the box, and we can just move on and, and feel good about where our faith is, but, but yet we know deep down that we're not living completely into everything that Jesus asks us to do. And so, the, again, that's the challenge part of it, is not just are we going to study the words of Jesus, and, and all the things he tells us to do, but, but we are going to live them out as we go all in in our faith. Okay, and so if we go all in, okay, and then we start to study the, the stories that Jesus told and the parables that he taught and, and the interactions he had with his disciples and with the religious leaders of the time and, and all these different things that he did, we see in, and that Jesus focused on five main targets okay, with his teaching. Again, just as we had identified last week, it, that we can, if we're shooting at the wrong target, then our effort is, is not helpful. Okay, and how do we know we're shooting at the right targets with our faith? Okay, well, Jesus gives us five targets to shoot for. Okay, and um, maybe you remember them from last week, maybe you don't, but I'm going to review them for you today. Okay, the five targets, okay, which are going to be the topics we're going to be covering in these next five weeks, okay, is being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. Okay? And these are the five targets that Jesus gives us to shoot at and say, are we going to do all of these in our lives? If we take Jesus's words seriously and we put them into practice, we will live into all five of these attributes of our lives. So for the next five weeks, we're going to talk about one of those targets each week. And so today we are starting with the first one, and that is being with Christ. Now, this one, truthfully, um, 
is number one for a reason. It's number one because all of the rest of them hinge on us being with Christ. Okay, this boils down to our identity as a follower of Jesus. Right, when we receive Christ as our Savior, we, we move, we are transformed from God's creation to God's child. We become a part of God's family. Okay, and then how do we truly be God's family. And so as we start today with this, uh, this focus on us being a follower of Jesus, okay, I want to start again with just the big idea that we're going to see today. Okay, and that is that our, our doing flows from our being. Okay, our doing flows from our being. Meaning because I am a child of God, because I'm a follower of Jesus, because I've received him as a savior, because of the ongoing transformation that is happening in my mind and in my heart, because I'm growing closer to Christ tomorrow than I am today, because I'm engaging all in my faith journey, right? I am going to be a child of God. And that is where it starts. And then everything then that I do in my life flows out of my being. Okay, now Jesus is going to ask us to do a lot in this challenge. But before we do anything, we need to understand that Jesus does not invite us into a doing religion. Because that's what religion is. Religion is saying, do this and get that. Right? Do this ceremony or do this, this, uh, this repetition, say this thing, you know, go to this place, whatever. Right? Religion is do this and then you will get that. Do it, check off the box, and move on. That's religion. That is not what Jesus invites us into. Jesus invites us into a relationship with him. Not into a religion, but into a relationship. And that is what sets Christianity apart from every other world religion. Okay, is that Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything to be a Christian other than to accept his love and grace and forgiveness. So our doing flows out of our being. It starts with us being a follower of Jesus, being his child, and then we move into our doing stuff. And this is a very important part. It's why we're starting with it. And, and I want to start um, with Luke chapter 10, okay, verses 38 and 42. And that's going to be our first text for this morning. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 and 42. And this is where Jesus teaches a really important lesson between being and doing. Okay, so if you have your, your Bible with you this morning, I invite you to open with me to Luke chapter 10. If you don't have your own Bible, there are Bibles available for you in the seats you're welcome to use. And you'll see on the outline is the page number of where you can find this passage in those Bibles. Okay, but we're going to start with Luke chapter 10, okay, verses uh, 38 through 42, where it says, As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all of these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. 
Okay, now as we see, again, these words of Jesus, right, is Jesus does not come back to Martha with what she was expecting. Right, she, Martha, right, was a doer. Right, and there, again, we all have spiritual gifts. Some people are more doers than beers. Some people are better at being than doing. But here we see Mary and Martha, and, and Jesus hung out with them quite a bit. Okay, throughout, again, he kind of went through their home at different times and all these different interactions with Mary and Martha. They were, I would say, the, they were pretty close to Jesus. Okay, they knew him pretty well. Now, as we see this, though, as we see two different kinds of people. Like I said, some people are better at being and some people are better at doing. We kind of default to one of those. Okay, first is the Mary type person. Okay, the Mary type person is somebody who's better at being than doing. Okay, now, was there a lot to be done here in this situation? Yes, there was. Okay, Jesus shows up, right, with all of his disciples and with this group of people that are there. Right? I mean, it, this was a big group of people that shows up at their house, and, and Martha's worried about feeding them, right, and being a good hostess and, and, and making them comfortable and all these things. And, and here, Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, interacting, right? And, and Martha gets irritated with her sister. Now, I'm sure none of us can identify with this. None of us has ever gotten irritated with our siblings. I, I understand that, that that wouldn't happen for us, but it happened for Mary and Martha. They, and Martha goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, like, make her do something. They, and then Jesus comes back, though, and says that, hey, Mary has found something that's very important. Okay, Mary was being with Jesus. Okay, and she was more focused on, on, you know, learning from him and interacting with him and getting to know him more than on the details that, of everything that needed to be taken care of. Okay, and again, Jesus comes back with this kind of a curveball to Martha as he, um, you know, encourages Mary and says, hey, Mary's doing a good thing right now. In this moment, she's choosing the better thing. Okay, so a Mary-type person Again, it's somebody who is, is, loves being. They love just interacting and learning and, and digging deep and, and pulling information out of people. But there's a danger for Mary types. They, is, the danger for a Mary type person is that they love the idea of spending time with God, of learning, of digging deep. But the danger would be you spend all of your time being and you never do anything. Hey, you know, again, just example, let's kind of take this out of that context and say, if we put this in another context, what this would look like. Hey, again, I, as many of you know, I'm a parent. Okay, I have four kids. Okay, th my three oldest are boys, and so they have different chores that they do around our house. Okay, one, of the, one of the things that they do that I ha don't have to do very often is mow the lawn. Okay, and, and so now we don't have a very big lawn. It's not a, it's not a very hard job, but, but if I go to, to my boys and say, Hey, I need you to mow the lawn today. Hey, because I'm going to work. Your mom's going to work. All, you guys are home for the summer. You can mow the lawn. I need you to mow the lawn today. Okay, and then I leave and, and go to work. Now, I have an expectation, right, when I get home. Okay, and my expectation is when I drive down our street, our grass looks awesome, right? That's my expectation. Hey, now, if I get home and the grass isn't shorter than it was when I went to work, but I'm going to walk into the house and I'm going to say, hey, what's up with the grass? Why is it not 
done. Hey, now, imagine if I walked in and, and my boys look at me and says, hey, we've thought a lot about what you said. Okay, it, it, in fact, I, I painted what you said on the wall of my bedroom so I could see it often and remind me of what you said. We, we got a group of our friends together in the neighborhood today and we discussed together what you shared okay, and, and we shared how we all, what we all thought it meant okay, and, and all the different ways right, that, 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 that we could look at it and, and we, we shared with each other and encouraged each other about what you said. Okay, in fact, um, I, we studied how other people did what you said and, and see how they applied it to their lives. And, and, and we, we see that they're, they're great at what you said. Okay, in fact, we studied so deeply what you said, we broke it down word by word. We could even recite it to you in Greek. <laughs> and my reaction as a dad would be, go mow the lawn. Right? I mean, we get that. And yet, the danger of a Mary-type person is we take the, these, these commands of Jesus and we dive so deep into what he says and we study it and we, we gather together and we talk about it that we never do anything. And as frustrated as I would be as a father in that moment, I venture to say there are times that God looks down at Mary-types and just shakes his head. Right? And that's the danger of a Mary type, right? Is because Jesus, again, true, the words of Jesus in Luke 6, 46 says, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I tell you to do? Okay, and there's a danger of being too much with God and never doing. Now, on the flip side of that, okay, is we have Martha. Now, I would say Martha is more of a popular type of person that we most of us probably are, okay? Because a Martha-type person, okay, is somebody that is better at doing than being. Okay, they understand that, again, a Martha-type person says, yes, I've received Christ as my Savior. I understand I'm God's child, and, and I'm going to grow, and, and that, and I need to learn. I need to study, and that's all good, but we like to do. Okay, because doing gives us tangible results. Doing gives us something in front of us. So you say, look what I accomplished. Because the truth is, it's really hard to chart spiritual growth. Right? It's really hard to say, to, 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 to pat ourselves on the back about how much we have, have grown in our faith. And so it's easier to just do stuff. Okay? In fact, many of us, and I will tell you, is, is this, is, this is me along with, I would venture to say many of you, many of us don't really know how to be with Jesus well, but we know how to do a lot of stuff. Okay, and we struggle with the being part. But the being part is what needs to get us ready to flow out into our doing. And if we neglect the being part, then our doing will be in vain, and we'll end up shooting at the wrong targets. Because before we do what Christ asks us to do, we need to be with him, first and foremost. We need to live into our identity as God's child. 
As we look throughout the Gospels, Jesus gave his disciples many different ways to be with them. He, he directed them again. And we need to learn from them because like them, many of them were doers, right? They were fishermen. They were, you know, these, they were not religiously trained guys. And so Jesus taught them how to be a follower of Jesus before they did anything. Okay, this, I'm going to go through this list pretty quickly. It's on your outline. You can follow. Okay, just get, he gave his disciples several different ways to be with him. Okay, one, to know and be faithful to his teachings. Okay, know his teachings, be faithful to them. Okay, that's the first step in, in being. Okay, he, he told them to pray earnestly. Spend time in prayer. Stand, spend time in communication with God. Okay, worship God. Okay, worship him. Again, there's many ways that you can worship God. Okay, and, and, but he says, engage in worship. Okay, he, he told them to come and to be uh, be with him by themselves in a quiet place and to get some rest. Okay, we are so busy in our lives doing stuff, right, that it's easy to neglect the being and neglect the rest, right? And so Jesus invited the disciples to saying, come and do that. Okay, but again, he, he told them um, to fast, meaning like to, to purposely give up something in our life, right, to be able to focus on God. And when you do that, right, don't, don't do it for attention on yourself. He says, comb your hair, wash your face, right, go about your life, but, but make this a priority as you give up something to, to focus on God. He, he told them, okay, to come and to eat and to celebrate, to, to remember what God's doing in their life, to, to fellowship together, right, to, to celebrate the things that God's doing at, with God, and we come together in communion with him. And then the last one we see is he told them to keep the Sabbath as a help to them. Now, again, a Sabbath, again, is a time of, of taking a, a time set apart to say that I'm just going to stop to put the work aside and focus on God. Okay, it's a big picture definition of a Sabbath. Okay, something that we do on purpose and do regularly. Now, all of these, again, are organized around the theme of being with Jesus. At the root of it all, Jesus wants us to be with him. He wants us to spend time with him. Because as his followers, Jesus is going to ask us to do a lot of stuff. But before you can do it, it's important to know why you are doing them. And who you are doing them for. Hey, because again, we do not do good things to earn our salvation. We do it because of our salvation. And we have to start with being. And yet we, it all boils down to the truth that truly following Jesus means both being with Jesus and doing the things he asks. Our being has to start and the overflow of our being turns into the things that we do. Again, if we cannot trust God in the calm of his presence, we'll never be able to trust him as we pursue his purposes. Because when we do stuff, we run into troubles. And there's hurdles to get over and, and all these things. And in those times, again, if it's an overflow of us being with Jesus, then we have his spirit and his power and his outlook to get through those things. If we don't spend time being, our doing will not be as productive. If we don't spend time resting with God and earn, when in God and learning from him, we will quickly burn out because our activity will become more about us than about Christ. And I will tell you is the level of burnout in the American Christian church is huge. 
So as we think about this concept about being, I want to um, turn to Matthew chapter 11. Okay, and we're going to start with verses 20 through 24. So flip back to Matthew chapter 11. And Matthew 11, we're going to pick up at verse 20. Okay, where we see, again, Jesus as he's interacting once again and gives us a whole new set of lessons. Matthew chapter 11, starting verse 20, it says, Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many of his miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida, for if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre or Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on judgment day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on judgment day than you. Okay, now, these are strong words of Jesus. Okay, as he's literally denouncing these towns that he'd been in and, and done miracles and, and, you know, witnessed to people and shared the good news with and, and entered into their lives. I mean, all those things that we saw Jesus do last week and, and, you know, on how to go all in, he had done in these towns, and yet the people didn't respond at all. Okay, Jesus had done a lot of miracles for this people, for the, all of these people, but it didn't change their hearts. Again, lots of action, but once there was nothing in it for them anymore, they just turned away and went on to the next thing. They consumed a lot of Jesus, but they weren't changed by Jesus. As we, as we think about these strong words that Jesus has for these towns and, and for these people, I tell you, a part of our vision okay, of joining the journey is we have five stops or phases of your spiritual journey. Okay, and, and again, we, we, we identify those. Again, if you come to class one, I'll explain them to you in depth. But as we look at those five stops in the spiritual journey, the overarching theme of it is that we start out consuming the things of Jesus. And as we grow, we move to contributing. Okay, but the more that we contribute, it's supposed to need to help us to to, to continue to grow more in our faith, so to where we end up consuming more and more of Jesus, right? And, and then uh, the more we consume, the more that we are, are moved to, to, to contribute more in, in the ways that he's got, in, and it starts the cycle in our lives of consuming and contributing to where we have both of these happening in our life. Now again, here in these, in these towns, these people consumed a lot of Jesus. They enjoyed his miracles, they they hung out with them, they, they enjoyed their time, but, they, they, but they, they weren't changed. Again, and and as, we, as we see, again, consuming needs to come before contributing. Because again, we see this, that being is way more important than doing. Again, Jesus did a lot in these towns, but was it effective? It wasn't for them. Because they, they consumed, but they weren't changed. Right? And they never got to the point where they started to do anything. They, they did some stuff. They showed up. They interacted with Jesus. But then, again, they didn't consume. Being is more important than doing. Here we see again in, 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. It says, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name, performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Again, these words of Jesus are, again, very sobering, especially if, we're, if you're a doer. Right? Because they, these people did a lot for Jesus. But they completely skipped over the consuming Jesus part. They, continued, they skipped over the, the being part of their faith. Right? Because again, Jesus says, I never knew you. Yes, you did a lot for me in my name, but I didn't know you. And that's the most important thing. They never repented. They never accepted Christ as their savior. In, in, in another spot, words of Jesus, in John chapter five, verse 24, on this same topic, is Jesus says, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Right, Jesus tells us it starts with being. That is how you pass from death to life, is, is receiving Christ your Savior, having your identity changed into his child. Being is more important than doing. I cannot earn my salvation by doing. That's one of the lies of our world. Okay, but notice what right? he says, I tell you the truth, if you just listen to my message and believe in God, you will have eternal life. Being is way more important than doing. This, the state of being, again, me being a follower of Jesus has nothing to do with my doing. Okay, then Jesus continues on in, in Matthew chapter 11. Okay, hopefully you, you're still there. Matthew 11, we're going to pick up at verse 25 through 27. Where he says, at, this, at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Again, how do we know the Father? How do we get to know the Father through the Son? Right? How do we get to know the Son? How do we get to know Jesus well? We do it, as Jesus tells us, through a childlike faith. Again, what does that mean? Well, you know, because being, putting being before doing goes against everything that we experience on a daily basis. Right? We get what we deserve. Okay? Or at least we should. Right? That's the way the world works. Right? We do this, we get that. They know Jesus says, no, you be first. Right? He revealed these things to the childlike. He's like, don't overthink it. Right? Don't think that you're clever. Don't think that you're wise. Don't think that you figured it out better than God. Okay? Just come with a childlike faith, like, even if it doesn't make sense. Like, how can me just uh, praying and studying God's word, how can that truly improve my life? Well, just trust God because he tells you it will. Okay? Is, is come to him with a childlike faith. Like, uh, Again, if you have children in your life, you know that they believe whatever you tell them. Right? And, and we have fun with that as adults sometimes. 
right? But again, Jesus says, like, again, faith is revealed to those who are childlike. It's like, just trust God. The healthiest way to follow Christ and to seek him first is for our doing to flow out of our being. Because if our doing flows out of who we are and who we become when we spend time with Christ. Again, what, what do our kids want the most from us? Our time. Right? Do they like when we give them presents and gifts and, and, all, you know, and a place to live and a food to eat? Yeah, they do. Right, but what, they, what do they want from us the most? They want our, our time. What does God want the most from you? He wants your time. He wants your relationship. He wants you to, to fall in love with him. He wants you to look up to him as a heavenly father the way that our kids look up to us and think that we can do no wrong and we have all the answers. Right, and as they get older and they become adults and they realize that that's not true, right, but as a child, like, that's their perspective. And that's what God wants us to do with him. Because our doing flows out of who we are and who we become as we spend time with Christ. Many people think that they have a problem doing things that Jesus asks. I think, man, Jesus asks all these things and I just have trouble doing that. I, I want to challenge that thought and say, you do not have a doing problem. You have a being problem. If you are struggling to do the things that Jesus asks you to do, you don't have a doing problem. You have a being problem. Go back to the fundamentals. Go back to the start, the the childlike faith and do the things that Jesus tells us to do to be with him, to, to get to know him better and the doing part of your life and your faith will take care of itself if you focus on the being. Again, Jesus does not ask us or invite us to, to just grit our teeth and pull up our bootstraps and figure it out. No, he says, just come to me. Just give it to me and I'll, I'll figure it out for you because he does have all of the answers and he does know what's going on. If you're having a problem doing what he asked, my bet is that you haven't been with him like you should have. Okay, now let's look at these last few verses in Matthew chapter 11, okay, verses 28 through 30. Then Jesus said to them, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now, I don't know about you, but I can speak for myself and to say like there are many times in life I feel like I'm carrying a pretty heavy burden. Right, when we read these, these words of Jesus, this, this is an invitation from Jesus to say, hey, Whatever you're facing, just bring it to me. Just lay it at my feet. Just give it up. Just, just come and be. Right, just for a moment in your life, even, even if you, it's outside of who you are, just be merry for a minute. Just sit down at my feet. Just ignore some of those details and all the stuff that needs to be done and just, just sit down and be. Give me your burdens. I'll take it. 
Lady of my feet, give it up. It's not yours to carry. Let, let me deal with it. That's the invitation of Jesus in these verses. Just come and be. Let's hang out for a while. Let me take it from you. Because when we be with Christ, our doing will stay as an overflow of our faith. Is there still stuff we have to do in our life? Of course there are. Right, there are still details to be met. But, but if we be first, then, then our doing will stay as an overflow of our faith. Again, the next several weeks, as we move on to these other four attributes, we're going to talk a lot about doing stuff for Jesus. That's definitely a part of being a disciple. But the more you're with Christ, the more you understand what he's done for you, and the more you can't help but want to do things for him. And, and it keeps your intentions and your focus on the right thing, which is on him. That we continue to give him our burdens. Because as I mentioned again, burnout among Christians is a huge problem. Why is it? It's because our doing goes in front of our being. And it just stops being an overflow of our faith. Okay, which, which gets us then to the danger of Martha types, which is, I was going to say, most of us in our culture. The danger of a Martha type, right, of when we put doing in front of being, is that good things can become bad things only because they become God things in our heart. Okay, now notice that fill-in is, is in lowercase letters. Okay, meaning it, it becomes a God thing in our heart. If we put anything in front of God, even if it's a good thing, right, it, it will become a bad thing because it will be detracting from our faith. It will be detracting from, from who we are in Christ. It will be making us focus on all the details and on thinking we have it figured out and, and, and may help us to turn our back on our childlike faith. Okay, there, believe, there is no shortage of things to do in this world. Okay, but yet when we, um, when we do these things, right, and when we don't keep our focus on the right thing, right, is... Even, even good things can become bad in my life if they get out of balance. So what's the key to being? Okay, what is Jesus calling us to do? The key to being is to prioritize Jesus. Prioritize Jesus. And again, if we, if we go back to that list, okay, of everything that Jesus gave to his disciples, okay, he gives us some practical ways to do that to find ways to be near to him, to learn from him, to sit at his feet, to do the things that we need to do to get close to Jesus and to stay close to Jesus. Okay, we need to go back to the fundamentals. Again, if we, it's, it's true in sports, it's true in anything that you do, right? If you get off, you go back to the fundamentals. Okay, what are the fundamentals of being with Jesus? Okay, first off is you pray. You talk to God and let him talk to you. You pray, you spend time in relationship with Jesus. Okay, not only do you pray, but you also, you read and study the Bible. That's where God's truth lies. Okay, you, you come to church regularly and make it a priority. Again, the goal of your faith is not to be in church, but the goal of your faith is to be at, with Jesus. Right? And when you gather together with other believers, it, it helps you to be focused and and. And you learn more, and, and we grow in our faith being in church regularly and making it a priority. That you get into a small group or get connected with a companion. 
Because somebody that's walking with you and your faith is a companion or in a small group where you get deeper in relationship, deeper in teachings, and it gets more personal. Right? You, you consume the things of God. Hey, meaning that I don't always just put it on the top, top 40 hits, but I, sometimes I switch it to KTSY. Right, that, that I, I, I listen to, to podcasts or sermons or, or different things that, that fill me with God, God and his spirit. Right, that just consume the things of God. Again, music, podcasts, sermons, whatever it might be. Hey, and then you can also make sure you take your Sabbath. Again, which doesn't mean necessarily that it has to be a day, you know, like the traditional Sabbath, like it was for the Jews, but but just take times where you purposely set aside and, and stop doing and just rest in Christ. And you do it on purpose. Right? You rest physically, you rest emotionally, you rest spiritually, and just commune with God. So there it is. When we be, we rest, we find energy, we find stamina, we find endurance to not just start well, but to finish. Because it's great to start strong. We started strong in this Red Letter Challenge, but... but we want to finish. And the truth is, whatever God starts, he finishes. Okay, no matter what happens. Okay, you see, I mean, so many people tried to stop Jesus. Okay, they put him on the cross. They nailed him there and, and buried him in the ground. But he finished it. And God said, I'm, I, he wasn't done yet. Right, and Again, I will not finish on my own strength. We have to finish on God's strength. How do we continue to tap into God's strength? How do we make sure that our doing is an overflow of our being? It's be continuing to be connected to Jesus over and over and over again. We go back to the fundamentals. I can start strong on my own strength, but I can't finish strong on my own strength. Which leads me then to my final thought today which comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God's put in front of us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, who is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. How do we finish well in our faith? How do we continue to go? We keep our eyes on Jesus. We stay at his feet. We be more Mary than Martha when we need to be. Right? And again, it takes both. And again, I don't know where you are in your faith today. I don't know if you've accepted Christ as your Savior. If you're trying to do it on your own power, I'll tell you, is you're, you're going to get tired and you're going to fail. But Jesus invites us to do it with his power. Right? And, and maybe you're here today and, and you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe you've done all kinds of stuff but yet you're not being in a good place. Again, so take a step back to Jesus' feet today. Whatever step you need to take in your faith to be better with Christ, I encourage you to do that today. Lord God, I pray, Lord, that we will take those words to heart. God, we know that you are working for us in ways we can't even see. And God, what you ask of us is to just sit at your feet and to be with you and let you take care of what you can can take care of, which is everything. God, I pray that, Lord, this week we could truly give you our burdens. God, that you would take them 
God, enlighten our load. God, if we are burnt out, Lord, restore our souls. God, if we've never known you before, God, just help us to open our hearts to your spirit for the first time. God, we pray for your healing. We pray, God, for your help. We pray, Lord, that, that you would help us to have a childlike faith this week. God, as we go, Lord, help us not just to do, but to be with you. Lord, to prioritize you in our life and in our schedules and in our families and, and in all that we do, God. We thank you for going ahead of us, Lord, for moving those mountains, for parting those waters. And God, we trust you today. And Lord, guide us as we go this week. And Lord, every time we try to take it back, Lord, just remind us to give it back to you. We love you and praise you and thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.